The other day, I was just walking out in the city and I saw an ad up on a billboard for, you're never going to believe this, DC Public Schools. That's right, folks. The city of DC paid for an advertisement for the public schools of DC, which are free and open to all students who live in the district, as is the fucking law everywhere in the US. I could not believe my eyes. (laughs) What kind of world have we come to that they have to advertise for public services that are provided to all people in this country, like education? Especially... K through 12 education. Like, what do you think you're going to get more people to sign up with the ad? Like, not enough people are taking advantage of their literally free provided, (laughs) constitutionally afforded rights. And then I realized that this isn't actually the first time that I've seen this. Because you know what other, um, like, public good that advertises for itself all the time is the bus system. Every place I've lived in There are advertisements for the bus up all around the city. And they're like, oh my God, take the bus. It's free. It's easy. Freaking testimonials of smiling people, you know, sitting on the bus. But the crazy thing about these is that they slap these ads, you guessed it, on the bus. Why? (laughs) They put bus ads on the side of a bus. A bus will drive by you and on the side, it'll be like, wow, gee, howdy, I can't wait to catch the bus. That's not what they say, obviously. (laughs) I don't think you have to advertise for the thing on the thing. Like, I don't think the IRS needs to say on the outside, do your taxes. Like, I think, I think if you're outside of the IRS, like, you already know that. Or you're in big trouble and you're about to find out. Bro, and not even just the buses, the metro advertises in the metro too. Like, there are signs up on the metro trains that are like, wow, aren't you so glad you're riding the metro right now? Aren't you so lucky to be riding the metro? This metro that is so clean and fast, metro, metro, metro. Stop spending your advertising money on this. People who would be taking the bus or metro want to be there, presumably, because that's why they chose to take that mode of transportation. And you don't need to advertise for it when we're already on the thing. And also putting ads on the outside of a bus to advertise for a bus, like, I can see that there is a moving bus there. If I wanted to be on it, I would go be on it. You telling me to catch the bus does not make a difference. I can see that there's a bus. That's all the advertisement I need. But I was just thinking about it and I was like, how absurd is it that places are literally advertising the free public goods? Not free, obviously, I understand they come from my taxes, but this is a part of the societal contract that we are all part of. We pay taxes and we are afforded certain public goods and rights and privileges, such as a public educational system, um, you know, maintenance of the roads and stuff. Can you imagine if they did this for any other uh, public service that was just provided in accordance with, like, living in a society and maintaining it? Like, if you just went around seeing ads for, like, road maintenance, they were like, Don't forget, we will be coming around and fixing the potholes because we freaking have to. Like, why would you advertise for that? You have to do it. Or like, DC public water supply, sign up today to make sure your home has running water. Like, I think that's already a priority for most people. I think people have already figured that out. Can you imagine if there were ads up for like, 
Oh, woohoo, DC is proud to present our local court system. Come take a tour through our local courts and see the courts that we are federally mandated to have to give you due process. That would be stupid. Or if they were like, have you checked out DC's Public Works Department Residential Trash Collection Program? As a reminder, take out your trash and the city will come pick it up. Yeah, anyway, I just wanted to ask, like, DC, DC local government, are you guys okay? Seriously, blink twice if you need something. Because if we really have to advertise the public goods that are offered in this city, like, if I start seeing ads up for, like, parks and, like, road maintenance, like, I'm gonna lose it, for real. (laughs) And the thing is, like, I don't even think it's that crazy to advertise for city features, I think it's crazy what they advertise for because they advertise for things that people already know and are unavoidable, but it would actually be really cool to see um, the city or like whatever locality you live in advertise for things that people might not be aware of, like how to get in touch with a public defender or um, where to go to apply for housing assistance or, you know, how to compare schools in the local school system or even like what you have to do to you know, if if you're new, what, like, IDs you need to get or whatever. Um, and I feel like all of those things would actually be really helpful to get people in touch with the services that they probably need and are not getting enough use from the people who need to find them. Because um, if you have ever, ever been on a local government website, you'll know that it's literally not worth the trouble to find the service. Like, you will spend your whole life clicking through some very poorly done HTML website to try and find the teensy-weensy little bit of information that would have taken someone five seconds to answer you. I once called a line, actually. This is when I was going to get my DC driver's license, and I looked through pages and pages and pages trying to find out this one piece of info of, like, what I needed, and I couldn't find an answer. So, finally, I was like, I'm gonna call. They have, like, I'm on hold, of course. I wait through all of the holds, the jingles. I press all the numbers to switch from department to department. I finally get to speak to a human. I ask her the question. She's like, yeah, you need that. Bye. And that was the end of the whole conversation. And it was helpful, but I was like, I I should not have had to go through all of that. That's the type of thing that I would like to see on a billboard. Like, yes, you need three forms of ID. Because <laughs> that would help me. This is Camelia. Please pick up the phone. With the recent events um, that have been going on in the world and in the US, I honestly feel like I would just be remiss if I didn't take this time and use my platform to talk about gender equality and inequality. And so today I wanted to share a little bit about my thoughts on a feminist issue that too often just goes unnoticed and undiscussed. And that is the gender ratio of serial killers. While women make up over 50% of people in the United States, we make up only about 20% of serial killers. (sighs) Guys, it's the year 2022. And still, around 80% of serial killers are male. I actually did research for this. I'm looking at a graph right now. And that's just appalling. It really is. Where is the equality? I'm tired of turning on a true crime show and seeing a dusty, crusty looking dude with a bad mustache who's trying to like cut off women's hands and keep them in his pockets or something. No, no more of that. I want a stylish, independent, 
self-sufficient, entrepreneurial lady murderer that I can look up to as a woman in business. And the thing is, it's not just that men make up the majority of serial killers. It's that a lot of times they're also killing women. And and specifically they're killing women. Like not just they're stumbling upon women, but like they're intentionally trying to go on this murder rampage to kill women. Women get killed in all sorts of places, in all sorts of ways. A lot of times by men and specifically have to do with romantic or sexual relationships. So um, women have been murdered or seriously injured for saying no to going out with somebody, for um, saying no to a kiss, for (laughs) saying no to having sex with somebody, for having sex with somebody and still being murdered, for being married to somebody who decides to kill them, for getting pregnant. Ladies, we know this is the thing. We know that women are harmed in a lot of situations related to dating. And that makes it pretty stressful to be out here dating as a woman. And I was thinking about it recently because people are always talking about how the world has changed post Me Too. Um, And by the way, you can always tell who actually does not give a fuck about um, feminism or treating people with respect by the way they talk about that sort of movement. People who are really pressed about it will be like, oh, you know, like, better watch out. You don't want to get Me Tooed. And it's like, by Me Too, do you mean credibly accused of rape? Because if you haven't done that, I think you're okay. Yeah, like, every time someone gets really stressed, it's like, you know, women are just out here, like, a woman could say anything and they get blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, if you don't have anything, like, really appalling that's a criminal offense to hide, then I really don't think this should be a huge worry for you. But the thing is, I I know that guys think about it a lot, um, and I appreciate you guys for that, but I think that a lot of guys sort of like half got the memo, but missed the rest of it. So today I'm here to be, you know, an educator, if you will, uh, an enlightener of truth, because I think that guys like almost get what they should do to get good consent, but then like missed just the last little bit And that bit matters. So let's get into it. I started thinking about this because I was on a date recently. We were hanging out on the rooftop of his apartment building. And it's just the two of us up there. And it's after dark. We're just walking around. And then I end up standing basically in the corner of the roof. So on like either side of my back are like the railings of this corner. And this guy puts one of his arms on one of the railings. And his other arm on the other railing. So now I am caged in in the corner of the rooftop of a very tall building and he's trying to look all cool and smooth and he leans in and he's like can I kiss you and I'm like where am I supposed to go if I say no Larry over the edge like what's gonna happen if I say no and let me be clear by no means is this an accusation of anything but it just got me thinking Because I was like, to him, he was like, oh, look, I asked. I made sure she said yes. Now I know that she wants me to kiss her. This is great. And to me, I'm like, so what's what's the option besides yes? Because I would not like to plunge to my death for not kissing a guy. Like, I'll kiss a guy to not plunge to my death. That's a trade I'm willing to make. And I think that this is a common thing that I see and I hear from my friends as well, that guys will be like, oh, you know, do you like want to come into my place after this? And I'm like, I would just love to know if there is an alternative because 
women are always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like if someone asks me that and then I'm like, oh no, I'd, ra I'd rather not like, you know, just be alone in yours right now. Then I'm waiting for them to be like, well, like you were ugly anyway, you stupid freaking prude. So I guess this is just a polite PSA that, um, love what y'all are doing, love the asking, very here for that, but maybe add an alternate option. Maybe be like, do you want to come into mine? Or we could go get another drink if you prefer. So that I know that if I say I don't feel like going into your apartment, I'm not about to meet like a very early end. Also, in case anyone's worried that this is somehow like unsexy and is killing your game, I will throw in very quickly that it's not awkward or nerdy. It actually makes you seem very cool and very attractive if you make somebody feel comfortable and ask for consent in a way that's genuine and it's not just like, oh, yeah, so you want to like do this, right? You could say it's really an aphrodisiac, to be honest. Like, is there anything sexier than knowing with a high probability that you're going to make it through the night alive? Um, no, it's, it's fucking hot. There's no other way to put it. So, um, so if you're a straight man, this is your opportunity to really up your game. I can't wait to see those, like, men's health blogs start coming out with, like, this one crazy trick will drive her wild. Make sure she actually wants it. <laughs> Make her feel comfortable and safe. Bringing it back around, this is why I feel that the world would benefit from more female serial killers who target men. As a reminder, this is a comedy podcast. I'm not advocating for murder. <laughs> I just think that if everyone was like equally afraid of dying randomly on a date, that it would just like help everyone relax a little. It would just ease some of the tension, help make everyone feel comfortable in a space. Because if I got to spend my whole date being like, okay, at what point would he be most likely to murder me? So where would he have a murder weapon if he had one? So if he tries to murder me, where am I going to go first? Am I running? Am I fighting? <laughs> and I think that if, I mean, preferably nobody would have to do that. But if we're being realistic, that's not really going to happen. So maybe we go for everyone is equally afraid of the murder. And, and then we both spend the whole evening tense as fuck. But then it becomes sort of like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith situation where it's like we could be like rival spies and it's like we both have the ability to kill each other. And so now it's like, ooh, who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> and then everyone could just relax. Because if we all have an equal chance of being murdered, mm, it's a little like no one's going to get murdered. Thinking of starting a new creative venture, but have so many ideas you don't know where to start? Are you overflowing journals and vision boards with the strength of your passion? Try Writer's Block, the tried and true way to empty your brain out. With Writer's Block, you get a quick and easy solution to all that clutter in your head, leaving you with sweet, sweet nothing up there. Speaking personally, the Writer's Block team has been invaluable to me and to this podcast. Every time I think I'm onto something really clever and funny, Writer's Block is there to take it right out of my brain and replace it with random bullshit. For a limited time only, Writer's Block is offering Pick Up the Phone listeners a whopping 30% off. Just enter code PICKUP at checkout to get this sweet deal. And thank you, Writer's Block, for all that you do. When I was in middle school, Uggs became a thing. Like a really big thing. They're one of the first things I remember being this huge trend. There, there's definitely an age when you're younger 
where all of a sudden everyone goes from just like wearing random clothes and doing random things to like what you wear and do and look like really matters and and the brands you're rocking and the way you style your clothes says everything about you and how cool you are Uggs were the first really hot item that I remember for that. It was like all of a sudden, one winter, I walked into school and every single girl, not clearly not every girl, but in my head it was like every single girl had the same tan Uggs with the white fur on the inside. There was just like an army of them. And I was like, how did everyone know to buy these shoes? I wanted them so badly. And I begged my parents for Uggs. And finally, they said yes. And I didn't realize that when they said yes to Uggs, what they meant yes to was Ugg knockoffs, <laughs> which back in the day we used to call thugs fake Uggs. And they were like not even really similarly looking to Uggs. They were just brown boots that had some fake fur on them, but they just like didn't look anything like Uggs at all. And I had to stomp back into school wearing those. And then in the next few years, what became popular were Toms, which if you guys don't remember, are basically just like flat. I don't even know what Toms look like. They're like a flat shoe with like a canvas. They're just like very boring looking shoes. The fabric just covers your foot and then that's the end of the shoe. But they had like a million colors and patterns and they're supposed to like donate shoes to charity. This brand was just all the rage. Everybody had Toms. A lot of people had multiple pairs and like whatever color patterns you had, it was really showing off like who you were inside. So again, I wanted these so badly and I asked my parents for so long and so long and so long. And again, they finally caved after like a year. And for my birthday, they gave me a pair of not Toms. Nope. Steve's. These motherfuckers bought me Steve's. The knockoff Tom's brand. Um, And while I should be grateful, I was still a petty child. And as you'll all know, if you've been through the public school system, the only thing worse than not having the hot item is having a cheap knockoff of the hot item. There is nothing that will knock you down the social hierarchy faster than showing up in rip-off clothes. And also my parents would wait so long to say yes that the thing wouldn't even be cool by the time I would finally get to wear it. And by all means, I appreciate, I'm sure it's weird as a parent trying to navigate like weird, ugly middle schooler trends. But guys, just say no. Just say no and stick to it. At this point, you're doing me more harm than good. Kids say a lot of weird things about clothes though. Like they're just judgy and rude. I remember one time I, so I I went to public elementary school and then I switched to private school for a few years. And on my first day of private school, I was really, you know, I was not, I was not um, really killing it socially over in public school. So I was like, this is my time to be cool. I will be making over myself. I will be showing up fresh as hell, ready to knock them dead with my smile and charm. I, I was ready to go in and like have my glow up and be a cool girl. Um, and you know, it wasn't going so hot. I've been at this school for like a week and my plan to, um, become queen bee at a new school and reinvent myself is not going very well because I am a sixth grader with no money and no style. So <laughs> it's it's not going the best. Anyway, so this girl walks up to me and she's like, hey, I have a question for you. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, what's up? And she was like, is pink your favorite color? And I was like, what? No. 
I actually, I'm not really like a fan of the color pink. Why? Why are you asking that? And she was like, you've been wearing pink every day since you've been here. And I was like, where? Because I didn't like pink and I didn't own any pink. So I'm literally looking down at my own outfit and like my t-shirt and shorts. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Like, what joke am I not getting? And she's like, your socks. Every single day you come in here wearing pink socks. So you must love pink if you wear pink socks every day. And I started laughing because I had like white socks you know where they sometimes have like almost like a pad of like a slightly different color? They had like a very, very pale, basically white pink pad of different color on top of the foot. Also, it's socks. I bought like a 10 pack. All of them look the same. That's kind of how socks go if you're like familiar with the concept. So I start laughing because I thought she was kidding. And she's like, why are you laughing? And I'm like, these are just my socks. They're like barely pink. I don't know. I just bought these socks because these are the socks that they had. And she was like, oh my God, I don't know why you would even say this. Clearly you're obsessed with the color pink. And like walked away. And to this day, I have no idea what the point of that interaction was supposed to be because I didn't get it. (laughs) There was a thing going around Twitter, maybe about a year ago, that was like, if you grew up playing with brats, you're a bad bitch now. For those of you who were not a bad bitch in the mid-2000s, brats are female dolls. They're kind of like bad girl Barbies, basically. They had, like, more intense makeup on, and they wore, like, pretty, I guess, revealing outfits. They'd have, like, cool little crop tops and mini skirts and, like, big chunky shoes. They kind of had a little more, like, attitude than Barbies. Like, Barbie was supposed to be, like, nice and pleasant, and brats dolls were, like, cool. My parents never let me have brats <laughs> because they thought that they would be a bad influence because brats looked like they would talk back to their parents. And instead they bought me these dolls called Groovy Girls. Um, please someone let me know if you also had Groovy Girls growing up because I swear I've never heard anyone else mention them. But they were just these little like plush fabric dolls of, you know, different girls and their different little outfits. But they were like much less like sexy, I guess, than Barbies or brats who were always like bodied up, which is a weird... Thing to give to like young children like adult women dolls but yeah so I thought that was like hysterical when that tweet came around because I was like if Bratz dolls make you a like bad bitch when you're older what does playing with groovy girls get you like becoming a nerd as an adult um I guess <laughs> but also like what you give your kid does not determine their future goes without saying I feel like people harp on and on and on about what's, like, a good influence or a bad influence, but, like, I don't think that playing with brats gave you an attitude problem or, you know, an obsession with crop tops or whatever. Just, like, playing with monster trucks or something didn't make you, like, obsessed with monster trucks. I say this because I had a little monster truck toy as a kid, and I'm definitely not a monster truck adult. (laughs) But I do think that there are just too many toys now. Um, I'm never in the toy aisle of stores because I'm an adult woman. (laughs) Um, But sometimes you end up walking by the toy section and it's like, geez, like I don't even recognize anything anymore. Even when I was a kid, they had so many things. They had all of these different, you know, like types of dolls from Barbies to Polly Pockets to, you know, plush dolls. They had stuffed animals, but then they also had like littlest pet shop which was a huge thing which were like these little tiny fake animals so it's like you can't just have one dog toy you have to have a dog webkins and a dog plush stuffed animal and a dog poly pocket and a dog littlest pet shop and like that's just too many things if i'm ever a parent 
I'm not gonna get my kids anything. I've decided that I would like to take it back to some prehistoric times and my kids are gonna fucking throw rocks at a wall and that's gonna be their fun. They're just gonna rub sticks together and make some enjoyment out of that. My children are just going to have to make their own fun and deal with that because I, as a parent, don't wanna keep up with children's trends. That's too much, children don't need trends. You can have trends when you're an adult and you have your own money. But when you're a kid, you can pull out pieces of grass for fun. So I was back home recently and I was looking at a yearbook of myself and I was like, oh my God, I was ugly. <laughs> like why, why did nobody tell me that I was ugly? I was looking at my old high school yearbook and I came and asked my parents this because like I don't actually look like it's not like my face has changed that much since high school. I just like styled myself so poorly. Like my hair was ugly. My clothes were ugly. I like looked just awkward and uncomfortable in my own skin. And I asked my parents, I was like, did you guys think I was just crusty as hell in high school and you just never told me? Because why did you not save me from that? They looked at me and they were like, what do you think your high school self would have done if we were like, hey, Cam, that outfit doesn't look good. And I was like, um, yeah, you're right. I would not have taken that well. I definitely would not have done that. That's fair. So I think that I would like to leave my children to the same fate of like, might as well not try and buy them all the hottest things. Just like let them be ugly and figuring it out up until, you know, 18 or whenever. And then once you start to figure out who you are, then you get the glow up. Then you start to figure it out. Then you can get yourself some nice stuff. But it's like, I had no style when I was younger. There was no point in buying me cute clothes anyway, because I was going to make them look bad. (laughs) So it's like, I feel like you have to just write off some of those like early years of your life and be like, I'm just going to be a little bit of a hot mess on my way to figuring out who I want to be. You've reached the voicemail of Camellia. Please hang up and dial again. for listening to this episode of pick up the phone our show would not be possible without the support of our amazing team our executive producer is camelia pastor our audio editor is camelia pastor our graphic designer is camelia pastor our marketing team camelia and pastor sales and analytics camelia pastor and of course this season's intern is camelia pastor